Larry Connolly, pray for our Sunday school class. Amen. Yesterday I was doing a great... What? You handed it to me. Turned on. Did I? You, it was on. It's red. When it was handed to me, it was green. Okay. Alrighty. Okay. I was doing a graveside service yesterday, and again, talking to the people there, having opportunity to give the gospel. Um, there was no calling hours. There was no, the, the lady, actually it was my wife's aunt that got saved seven weeks ago. So they made it very easy to present the gospel without them. They couldn't spit at me too much. Okay, because I know, you know, you're talking families that, some of them were Catholics, some of them were Lutherans, some of them were Episcopalian, some of them were Methodists, and some of them were saved. Okay? And one of those things with it, when I start praying at a funeral, I'm saying, Blessed be God, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who can comfort what? Us in what? All our tribulations, that we may be able to comfort others with the comfort we are either comforted of God. That's what it means to cast all your care upon him. Okay. Letting the only one who can truly comfort you do so. Okay. Come unto me, all ye that and are heavy. Right. And that's the, the point we need to, to understand with that. If we can do that in our Christian life, when we go through trials and when we go through the troubles, because it rains on the... Just and the unjust. Lost people go through the same problems we have, but they, they ought not to be going through it the same way we do. Okay? Because you can use that to reach them for Jesus Christ. And this morning we're going to be looking at, I want you to turn to 1 Samuel chapter 1. We're going to be looking at Hannah. We're going to be looking at what she was dealing with, okay, and the struggles she had and how we need to learn to do what she did and not worry about how it's received. Because when you pray, you engage a spiritual battle. I've told you this before. You're engaging a spiritual battle, and you're showing God that you're taking it serious. So who will fight for me? The Lord will fight for me. So let's look at 1 Samuel chapter 1. We'll read the chapter quickly. Now there was a certain man of Ramathaim Zophim of Mount Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, the son of Jehoram. Elkanah, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu. The son, I always read that and I think of Tofu. I don't know him. Bad brain. The son of Zoph, the son, an Ephrathite. And he had two wives. 
See, the guy's already starting off bad. He had two wives. The name of one was Hannah, and the name of the other was Penaniah. Penaniah had children, and Hannah had no children. And this man went up out of his city yearly to worship and to sacrifice unto the Lord of the hosts of Shiloh. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there. And when the time was that Elkanah offered, he gave to Peniah his wife and to all her sons and her daughter's portions. But unto Hannah gave he a worthy portion, for he loved Hannah, but the Lord had shut up her womb. And her adversary also provoked her sore to make her fret, because the Lord had shut up her womb. I'm going to stop there for a second because it's not in the lesson, but I want you to understand something. Most of the time, you don't have to be afraid of your adversaries. But what sort of things are written, the time are written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope? They will cause you to fret. Okay? It'll weigh heavy on your heart. People get stressed. They get anxious because of the words or the actions of someone else. If a man's ways please the, even his, and he's be at peace with him. Okay, it causes the fret, right? Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God, and the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through who? We get in trouble as Christians because that's not where we take it half the time. And then we start thinking about what they say and don't take the time to stop and look at verse 8 in that passage in Philippians chapter 4. Finally, my brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report. After being any virtue, there be any praise, think on these things. I can remember years ago with Sam Gipp, and I talked to him about it, and he says, Brother Bryant, he says, when someone attacks me, I just start praying for them, and when something bad comes in their life, I send him a card, tell him I'm praying for him, and I send him 100, 150 bucks. Because they don't need damage from me. And he says, and they mean need it sometimes. It's just a case you can maybe shut your mouth, don't say a word to him, send them some money with a note that says, take your wife out to dinner. Take the kids to McDonald's. Whatever it might be. See, and we fret about it, and we think on the wrong things. And we get caught so many times when we do that. How many of you get upset? Every hand ought to be up in here if you're being honest, right, at some point or another. What do you get upset about? What's the way to resolve it? <laughs> Say yes, dear, put down the gun. No, I'm kidding. Okay. Okay. And her adversary also provoked her sore for to make her fret because the Lord had shut up her womb. And as he did so year by year, and when she went up, when she went up to the house of the Lord, she, so she provoked her. Therefore she wept and did not eat. That is primarily, a, sometimes men can be that way, but primarily you need to understand. You want to learn about people? God's teaching about people. Women will do that more than men. Okay? It takes an awful lot to keep me from eating. Then said Elkanah, her husband, to her, Hannah, Why weepest thou, and why eatest thou not? And why is thy heart grieved? 
Because, men, we don't know. So, wives, please tell us. Am not I better to thee than ten sons? You, you didn't realize that was in the text, but can't you learn from that? We can't read minds. Men and women don't think the same. So Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh and after they had drunk. And now Eli the priest sat upon the seat by the post of the temple of the Lord. That's the first time you find the word temple in the Bible. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. Lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up what? Trouble you and thereby many be? And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou will indeed look upon the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me and not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thine handmaid a man-child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. And it came to pass, as she continued praying before the Lord, that Eli marked her mouth. Now Hannah, she spake in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she had been drunken. And Eli said unto her, how, how long wilt thou be drunken? Put away thy wine from thee. What do you have there? This is the priest of the Lord, and he's making a judgment without the right information. And he made a judgment of another person. Christian, don't be a jerk. Don't make the judgment when you don't have the other side of the story. And then also, judge not lest ye be judged. That's a good application of it here. You know, people say that when you're trying to help them and they're in sin, you're judging me. No, I'm not. But he turned around and he, he thought she was drunk. And Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I am a woman of a sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Count not thy handmaid for a daughter of Belial, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief have I spoken hitherto. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked of him. And she said, Let thine handmaid find grace in thy sight. So the woman went her way and did eat, and her countenance was no more sad. And they rose up in the morning early and worshipped before the Lord and returned and came to their house to Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah his wife, and the Lord remembered her. Wherefore it came to pass, when the time was come about after Hannah had conceived, that she bare a son and called his name Samuel, saying, Because I have asked him of the Lord. And the man Elkanah and all his house went up to offer unto the Lord the yearly sacrifice and his vow. And Hannah went not up, for she said unto her husband, I will not go up until the child be weaned, and then I will bring him, that he may appear before the Lord, and there abide forever. And Elkanah, her husband, said unto her, Do what seemeth to thee good. Tarry until I, thou hast weaned him. Only the Lord establish his word. So the woman abode and gave her son suck until she weaned him. And when she had weaned him, she took him up with her and the three, with three bullocks and one ephah of flour and a bottle of wine and brought him unto the house of the Lord in Shiloh. And the Lord was young. And they slew a bullock and brought the child to Eli. And she said, O my Lord, as thou livest, my Lord, I am the woman that stood by thee 
by thee here, praying unto the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord hath given me my petition, which I asked of him. Therefore also I have lent him to the Lord, as long as he liveth, and he shall be lent to the Lord. And he worshipped the Lord there. When you're under attack from your adversary, when it seems like God's not listening, because you can see in the text that this wasn't just one year that this was a problem, was it? This was an issue. God had closed her womb. She wasn't able to bear. She was coming under attack for that. But safety is of the Lord. You've got to understand, you say it over and over again, before you take it some other place, take it to what? Take it to God first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be what? Added unto you. So many of us go to the wrong place. We have Hannah's sorrow, and that's verses 1 through 8. Hannah married a man. His name was Elkanah. It was counted a very high honor to have a son so that the family name would be carried on. We have a missionary, the Maluchis, over in Bulgaria that go into Turkey. One reason that he is not in a Turkish jail today is because he has how many sons? At that time, it was at least five. And they said, Allah has blessed you. And he goes, yes, he has. And he was freed because they knew the blessing of Allah was on him because in the Middle East, the birth of a son is most important. In China, with their population problems, there is a major issue. There will be war fought simply because Chinese men are going to need wives. Because in communist rule and because of what's needed in that country, they covet man-child. So they kill baby girls. And now they're pop, they're pop, that's the reason India has overtaken them in population growth. You understand that? Because they've killed so many of the girls. They're going to have to, these men are going to go find brides someplace. You understand that? Oh, that would never happen that way. Read your Bible. Read your Bible. Hannah was distraught because she was unable to have children. The text tells us God's the one who did that. Did that mean something was wrong with Hannah? No. God sometimes brings something into our lives and allows something into our lives, and we think, that we think it's horrible and it's bad, and it must be because God doesn't what? Love us. Not true. Know ye not ye are bought with a price, therefore glorify God with your body and with your spirit which are His? You belong to him. What he brings into your life, you anything that it is, and it's hard, but I'm telling you, I've done this in my own life multiple times for myself and other family members, my, my children, and that is using the hardship to witness for Jesus Christ. There's a man that used to be in our church. He moved away. But he, He'd gone in the hospital, and I go to visit him in the hospital. He goes, Preacher, I don't know why God allowed this into my life. And I said, To bring him glory. He goes, What do you mean? And then I witnessed to the man in the bed next to him and led that man to the Lord. 
And I said, now you got a chance to talk to him about Jesus. Bed of sickness, bed of sorrow, bed of fear. For thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory, honor, and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they what? Yeah. That's the mindset. We don't have it in our flesh, do we? I was dealing with someone this week, going through a problem with a a woman in his life, and I said the woman reacted, claimed to be saved. Woman reacted in the flesh instead of responding biblically. And he goes, boy, you got that right. And I said, so why did you do the same? I had a counseling pastor, blunt counseling pastor. That's just the way that works, okay? So... You look at this, Penaniah was jealous because Elkanah had what? Now, Penaniah had babies, but Hannah had Elkanah's heart. Isn't it interesting that so many times we'll look at what we don't have and want it? Penaniah wanted Elkanah's heart, Hannah wanted Penaniah's babies. That's what's taking place there. Not looking at what you do have and rejoicing in what God has brought into your life. She wept and her soul became bitter. Is this the first time you've seen this story in the Scriptures? I think... Another woman with more authority caused a godly man to put the mother of his child and the child out in the wilderness to die. Who am I speaking of? Sarah, Abraham, and Hagar. Nothing new under the sun. Hmm? She had her sorrow. In verses 9 through 19, you find her, she goes to the house of the Lord, she goes to the tabernacle, she goes to the temple to pray. And as she's praying, she made a vow unto the Lord, and she promised that if God would give her a son, she would give him back to be a Nazarite. Okay? Nazarites were set apart special for the Lord. No razor to touch their head. They didn't, they didn't cut off the corners of their beard. No wine, no unclean food, no unclean things. Thou shalt set no unclean thing before thine eyes. I got a question for you. I want you to turn to, uh, let me see, Numbers chapter 30. In our prayers, at some point, most Christians will have done what I'm just going to point out to you, okay? Numbers chapter 30, and that is, we make a vow with the Lord. God, if you will, I will. Right? 
Numbers 30, verse 2. If a man vow a vow unto the Lord or swear an oath to bind his soul with a bond, he shall not break his what? He shall do according to all that proceedeth out of his. Why do you think we're told in the Old Testament, New Testament, let thy yea be yea and thy nay be nay? Believer, even as a Christian, we're going to answer for the words that come out of our mouth. Deuteronomy 23. Is sin in the Old Testament sin in the New Testament? Now, there's some things we don't have to do, okay, as far as the sacrifices and stuff, okay, you know, but if a man knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is. Ready? Verse 21 of Deuteronomy 23. When thou shalt make a vow unto who? Thou shalt not slack to pay it. For the Lord thy God will surely what? And it would be sin in thee. God, I want to help hurting people. I have a burden for hurting people. Help me to be able to relate to them. Lord, I will use anything you give me to help to be able to relate to them. 27 surgeries. Glory to God. Answered request. Don't promise something to God you're not going to keep. One more, because in the mouth of two or three witnesses, right? Let a matter be established. Ecclesiastes chapter 5. When I have you read this verse, I'm going to give you, a, for me, it was a very um, heart-rending situation that took place. Okay? Ecclesiastes 5, verse 4. When thou vowest a vow unto God, don't bother paying it. Hmm? Defer not to pay it. For he hath no pleasure in fools. Pay that which thou hast vowed. You know, so many times during a crisis, many times we make vows to God and we promise Him that we'll give something up. <laughs> That's not a New Year's resolution. You all men are liars. We promise to change our lives. That fact has happened in different situations and people have been hurt because they promised to change their lives and other people based their decision upon that and they didn't follow through. 
They promised to give something to the church. They promised to serve the Lord in ministry. As she was praying, Eli was observing Hannah. He made a false judgment and thought Hannah was drunk. She was intoxicated. I've already hit it a little bit when we read through the passage. Be very careful about the judgments that you make according to what appears to be before you and what you see. For I have refused him, for the Lord seeth not as man seeth, for man looketh on the outward appearance, but what? The Lord looketh upon the heart. He made a false judgment. We've got to be careful. Turn to Matthew chapter 7. One of the most misused verses in the book of Matthew. Judge not that ye be not judged. For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged, and with what measure ye met, it shall be measured to you again. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, and but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, Let me pull out the mote of thine eye, and behold, the beam is in thine own eye? Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote of thy brother's eye. Careful about that judgment. After she was done praying, she was cheered up and was able to eat. Because he said, May the Lord grant you the petition. Pastor Keeney and I have been working with somebody, and it's, it's difficult for us because you, you try to help somebody and they have issues, and then you, but you, get, you say, okay, God's Word says this is what needs to take place. If you do this, this will help. It's going to be hard to start because God, the devil never... And what says resist the devil and he will flee from you, that's not the minute you take a stand. You've got to be on your face for a while, spiritually before the Lord. Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Memory verse, memory verse. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Resistance is over a period of time. You're letting the devil know you mean business, and God's saying, See thou my servant Job? I have yet to not do better with something after prayer than how I handled it when I hadn't prayed. It changes your attitude, changes your heart, it brings God into it. There's a spiritual battle that you don't see, you don't understand, but it's taking place. And I know, we're in the New Testament, I know we have... Christ in us, the hope of glory. I know that we have a better position than Old Testament saints. And who much is given, much is, and how much is not used. Your memory verse is what? Casting all your care. Casting all your care. Prayer can help you get through life. 
When thy father and thy mother forsake thee, the Lord will take thee up. I encourage you. You're going through? Read Psalm 61, 62. Claim those promises. Because no one ever cared for you like Jesus. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. I won't take you out of your problem, but I will go through your problem with you. Amen? Amen. You have Hannah's sorrow. You have Hannah's supplication. You have Hannah's surrender. Go back to our text. 1 Samuel 1. Verse 20, Wherefore it came to pass, when the time was come about after Hannah had conceived, that she bare a son and called his name Samuel, saying, Because I have asked him of the Lord. And the man Elkanah and all his house went up to offer unto the Lord the yearly sacrifice in his vow. But Hannah went not, for she said unto her husband, I will not go up until the child be weaned, and then I will bring him, that he may appear before the Lord, and there abide forever." I find it interesting sometimes. You know what she was doing? Was she disobeying God? No, she was doing what was best for the one that belonged to God, her son Samuel. Babies don't make it through on their own. Do you hear me? Babies don't make it through on their own. It doesn't even matter when they're, they're not a baby any longer. It says, A child left to himself bringeth his. Obey thy father and thy mother, which is the first commandment of prom, with promise, that it may what? Be well with thee, and thou livest long on the earth. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he'll what? That's what's needed here. She wasn't trying to hold it off. She was preparing Samuel so that he could. Now, it's hard because he's probably only two to four years old when she turns him over. But he was going to be able to exist. He's going to be able to start fulfilling her vow. So she was doing right there. What do we call... A person newly saved. A babe. A babe in Christ. If you pray this prayer, you've gone through it now. See, we're not, a, we're not pray the prayer you're saved group of people. But you do the work and you lead someone to the Lord. You help them, God saves them, and you go, on to the next one. A sower went forth to sow some seed. And some fell along the wayside. Some fell on stony ground. Some fell 
And the enemy came and put what? Tears. Some fell on good ground. Do you know what makes good ground? It has to be broken. Train up a child in the way you should go. It has to be broken. You have to get the weeds out, the tares. That's what brought forth some 30-fold, some 64-fold, some 100-fold. Teaching them that serving God is more valuable than anything in the world. For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this. I want to make sure that my children have what I never had. What are those things that they got to have? Every person who gets saved is a babe in Christ. Desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. Strong meat belongeth to them who are of full age, having their senses what? Exercise therein. That they might be able to do what? Discern good and evil. She did the right thing. She surrendered him to the Lord. She was keeping her word. She had prayed. God had answered the prayer. James chapter 5. Verse 16. You guys read it to me. You ready? I'm not going to read it this time. You read it. James chapter 5, verse 16. Because Mike Viscom said, I need to keep him engaged so he doesn't go to sleep on me. You heard him snoring? <laughs> James chapter 5 and verse 16. Go ahead. Okay, we'd looked at Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 5. Go to Matthew chapter 7. <laughs> I know, Matthew chapter 7 is the end of the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes, whatever you want to call it. Well, that's Old Testament. There's some things that are Universal. Verse 7, you ready? Matthew 7, 7. I've given you time to get there. Ask and it shall be. Seek and ye shall. Knock and it shall be. Go to Mark chapter 11. And this is not where I'm saying when we read this passage that it's name it and claim it. But what it comes down to is many times people pray and they're lying to God. They don't even believe God's going to do it, but they know they should ask. 
You ready? Mark 11, verse 24. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire when ye pray, believe that ye receive them and ye shall have them. And when ye stand praying, forgive. See, because when you ask believing you something of God, there are certain conditions that have to take place in your heart and your life before God is going to hear the prayer, let alone answer it. Because if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. And when ye stand praying, forgive. If ye have aught against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses. Go to John chapter 14. See, forgiveness has a part in answered prayer and humility before God. John chapter 14. Now, see, we don't like it in Matthew so much, you know, that type of thing when we're asking of God the name and claim. You, know, you don't have a right to ask anything of God. Hmm? John 14, verse 13. And whatsoever ye shall what? In my name, that will I. That what? I have to have a forgiving heart and not hold bitterness and grudges towards others if I want my prayer to be answered. I have to understand that the main purpose of what I'm asking for ultimately should bring glory to who? The Father through the Son. People say, I don't know how to get my prayers answered. You're in Sunday school. I'm trying to help you. Chapter 15 of John, verse 7. Gee, I wonder if that's the 500, the 120, the 70, <laughs> the 12, the 3, or the 1. Huh? Joe, was listening, brother. Okay. John 15 and verse 7. If ye what? And my W-O-R-D-S. What's that? The words of who? And my words abide in you. Ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Because when God's word abides in you, you'll understand what's needed for God to answer the prayer that he's going to be glorified. You know how many times I prayed about something and I told someone I pray and I prayed seriously and I prayed fervently and my heart was heavy with it and I prayed for a while and God finally said no. And I'm going, oh God, come on. All this time he's no. And then three weeks later he showed me why the best thing was going to take place because he said no. I just had to wait to see it. I've told people many times, be careful what you ask for. Because what you think you have to have it may turn out to be something very different once you have it. Amen? You still with me? Don't hate me much yet? Okay. Verse 16 of John chapter 15. 
Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. See, Calvinist, Calvinist, Calvinist. That's not what it's referring to, right? But I have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go forth and bring, you should go and bring forth what? And that your fruit should remain. That what? Whatsoever ye ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. Man, isn't that something? Jesus teaches us how to pray. You should have seen it yesterday at the funeral. He said there was Catholic, there was Lutherans. They all wanted to say trespasses. Because at one point at the end of the service, I'm going, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us, not this, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive those. That again, that again, so yeah, that's the way they say it. Say trespasses. Well, there is a passage that says trespass. But Catholics don't like to think about debts, so I always say debts. Okay? And I watched it, and then, you know, they're looking at me because, where'd that come from? Okay? I was raised that that's a magic prayer. Don't you know that? Mm-hmm. Going around my Muslim beads. Yeah. They have prayer beads. What do you think a rosary is? Where do you think it came from? All right. That's what the background of that is. And our Father, right, Mike? And ten Hail Marys. And our Father and ten Hail Marys. And our Father and ten Hail Marys. And our Father and ten Hail Marys. You know how it goes? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses. We forgive those who trespass against us. Okay? Then you go, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou, woman, and blessed are the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace. Hey! Yeah, it's repetition, and you've you got to get it done because you've got to go through the whole bead. So you've you, you got to get it done. You really think God's going to do anything with it? Does he say something about repetitious prayers? I just, I just think it's interesting. Okay, Go to James chapter 1. You ever thought, well, that person's dumber than a box of rocks? Huh? It's been thought of me, I'm telling you that. <laughs> okay, verse 5. James chapter 1. If any of you lack what? Let him ask of God that giveth to all men how? And what? He's not going to condemn you when you ask something and somebody else thinks it's stupid. Okay. The Bible talks about being be ye not ignorant, brethren. Right? Ignorant doesn't mean stupid, it means unknowing. We use the word stupid is that they're not able to assimilate it. And sometimes we're more stupid than we are ignorant, aren't we? Okay. If any man of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him, but let him ask in faith nothing what? Kind of like Hannah that didn't waver, she continued. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man to think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in what? When it's not of faith, it is sin. Still with me? 
1 John chapter 3. Verse 18, my little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. So when we say we love, the action should match it showing the love, right? And hereby we know, see, when your, your actions support it, hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then we have confidence towards God. When you have confidence towards God, what's that next verse say? And what? Whatsoever we ask, we receive of who? Because why? And do those things that are... Christian, you can't live like the devil and expect to have your prayers answered. Do I need to make that more abundantly clear? Okay. Chapter 5 of 1 John. Verse 11, And this is the record that God hath given unto us eternal life, and his life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. That kind of settles it, doesn't it? You have Jesus, you have life. And the life he gives is eternal, so you can't not have it. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. And this is the what? That we have in... That if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. And if we know that He hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of Him. Sounds a little bit like what we saw about prayer in Matthew and in Mark and in John, doesn't it? Hannah names her son Samuel, which means asked of the Lord. Jewish women weaned their children to about the age of three. That meant they nursed. There was no ephemil or whatever the similac or anything like that, they nursed their babies, which is shown to be, if possible, the best way to raise the child. Huh? It helps the formation of their gums and teeth and so many other things. Not in the subject, but I want you to know there's a reason for everything that God has you to do. This is a time of bonding, and it was a nourishment for the child. And then Elkanah agreed to give his son back to the Lord as a Nazarite because, right, verse 23 in our text, because we're finishing up quickly. And Elkanah, her husband, said unto her, Do what seemeth to thee good. Tarry until thou hast weaned him. Only the Lord establish his word. Other words, keep the vow. Keep the vow. So the woman abode and gave her son suck until she weaned him. He agreed to give away the only child so far of the woman that he loved because it was for God. She was totally supported by her husband. 
in the decision to dedicate Samuel to the Lord. I don't care if you take those kids to church. Go ahead. How many women do it alone? You scoundrels. When both mom and dad are on the same page with the Lord, it makes for a happy marriage. Have we ever had a baby dedication in this church? Yeah, we have. They took Samuel back to Shiloh after he was weaned, and they fulfilled the vow. The last four verses of the chapter. They fulfilled the vow. God blessed Samuel for his parents' faith and dedication. Do you hear what I just said? Parents, God blessed the child because of the faith and actions of the parent. Amen? Question, have you ever dedicated anything to the Lord? Why would Hannah give him away? What do you do when distress comes in your life? Where do you go? And have you had any prayers answered lately? All God's people said, take a break.